Kilmeny of the Orchard, Chapter Nine. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Kilmeny of the Orchard, by Lucy Maud Montgomery, Chapter Nine: The Straight Simplicity of Eve. For the next three weeks, Eric Marshall seemed to himself to be living two lives, as distinct from each other as if he possessed a double personality. In one. He taught the Lindsay District School diligently and painstakingly, solved problems, argued on theology with Robert Williamson, called at the homes of his pupils and took tea in state with their parents, went to a rustic dance or two, and played havoc all unwittingly with the hearts of the Lindsay maidens. But this life was a dream of workaday. He only lived in the other, which was spent in an old orchard grassy and overgrown where the minutes seemed to lag for sheer love of the spot and the june winds made wild harping in the old spruces here every evening he met kilmeny in that old orchard they garnered hours of quiet happiness together together they went wandering in the fair fields of old romance together they read many books and talked of many things and when they were tired of all else Kilmeny played to him, and the old orchard echoed with her lovely, fantastic melodies. At every meeting her beauty came home afresh to him with the old thrill of glad surprise. In the intervals of absence it seemed to him that she could not possibly be as beautiful as he remembered her, and then when they met she seemed even more so. He learned to watch for the undisguised light of welcome that always leaped into her eyes at the sound of his footsteps. She was nearly always there before him, and she always showed that she was glad to see him, with the frank delight of a child watching for a dear comrade. She was never in the same mood twice. Now she was grave, now gay, now stately, now pensive, but she was always charming. Thron and twisted the old Gordon stock might be, but it had at least this one offshoot of perfect grace and symmetry. Her mind and heart, utterly unspoiled of the world, were as beautiful as her face. All the ugliness of existence had passed her by, shrined in her double solitude of upbringing and muteness. She was naturally quick and clever. Delightful little flashes of wit and humour sparkled out occasionally. She could be whimsical, even charmingly capricious. Sometimes innocent mischief glimmered out in the unfathomable deeps of her blue eyes. Sarcasm, even, was not unknown to her. Now and then she punctured some harmless bubble of a young man's conceit or masculine superiority with a biting little line of daintily written script. She assimilated the ideas in the books they read speedily, eagerly, and thoroughly always seizing on the best and truest, and rejecting the false and spurious and weak with an unfailing intuition at which Eric marvelled. Hers was the spear of ethereal, trying out the dross of everything and leaving only the pure gold. In manner and outlook she was still a child, yet now and again she was as old as Eve. An expression would leap into her laughing face, a subtle meaning reveal itself in her smile that held all the lore of womanhood and all the wisdom of the ages. Her way of smiling enchanted him. 
the smile always began far down in her eyes and flowed outward to her face like a sparkling brook stealing out of shadow into sunshine he knew everything about her life she told him her simple history freely she often mentioned her uncle and aunt and seemed to regard them with deep affection she rarely spoke of her mother eric came somehow to understand less from what she said than from what she did not say that kilmeny though she had loved her mother had always been rather afraid of her there had not been between them the natural beautiful confidence of mother and child of neil she wrote frequently at first and seemed very fond of him later she ceased to mention him perhaps for she was marvellously quick to catch and interpret every fleeting change of expression in his voice and face she discerned what eric did not know himself that his eyes clouded and grew moody at the mention of neil's name once she asked him naively are there many people like you out in the world <laughs> thousands of them said eric laughing she looked gravely at him then she gave her head a quick decided little shake i do not think so she wrote i do not know much of the world but i do not think there are many people like you in it one evening when the faraway hills and fields were scarfed in gauzy purples and the intervales were brimming with golden mists eric carried to the old orchard a little limp worn volume that held a love story it was the first thing of the kind he had ever read to her for in the first novel he had lent her the love interest had been very slight and subordinate this was a beautiful passionate idyll exquisitely told he read it to her lying in the grass at her feet she listened with her hands clasped over her knee and her eyes cast down it was not a long story and when he had finished it he shut the book and looked up at her questioningly do you like it kilmeny he asked very slowly she took her slate and wrote yes i like it but it hurt me too i did not know that a person could like anything that hurt her i do not know why it hurt me i felt as if i had lost something that i never had that was a very silly feeling was it not but i did not understand the book very well you see it is about love and i do not know anything about love mother told me once that love is a curse and i must pray that it would never enter into my life she said it very earnestly and so i believed her but your book teaches that it is a blessing it says it is the most splendid and wonderful thing in life which am i to believe love real love is never a curse kilmeny said eric gravely there is a false love which is a curse perhaps your mother believed it was that which had entered her life and ruined it and so she made the mistake there is nothing in the world or in heaven either as i believe so truly beautiful and wonderful and blessed as love have you ever loved asked kilmeny with the directness of phrasing necessitated by her mode of communication which was sometimes a little terrible she asked the question simply and without embarrassment she knew of no reason why love might not be discussed with eric as other matters music and books and travel might be no said eric honestly as he thought but everyone has an ideal of love whom he hopes to meet some day the ideal woman of a young man's dream i suppose i have mine in some sealed secret chamber of my heart i suppose your ideal woman would be beautiful like the woman in your book oh yes i am sure i could never care for an ugly woman 
said Eric, laughing a little as he sat up. Our ideals are always beautiful, whether they so translate themselves into realities or not. But the sun is going down. Time does certainly fly in this enchanted orchard. I believe you bewitched the moments away, Kilmeny. Your namesake of the poem was a somewhat uncanny maid, if I recollect aright, and thought as little of seven years in Elfland as ordinary folk do of half an hour on Upper Earth. Some day I shall waken from a supposed hour's lingering here, and find myself an old man with white hair and ragged coat, as in that fairy tale we read the other night. Will you let me give you this book? I should never commit the sacrilege of reading it in any other place than this. It is an old book, Kilmeny. A new book, savouring of the shop and marketplace, however beautiful it might be, would not do for you. This was one of my mother's books. She read it and loved it. See, the faded rose-leaves she placed in it one day are there still. I'll write your name in it, that quaint, pretty name of yours which always sounds as if it had been specially invented for you. Kilmeny of the Orchard. And the date of this perfect June day on which we read it together. Then, when you look at it, you will always remember me, and the white buds opening on that rose-bush beside you, and the rush and murmur of the wind in the tops of those old spruces. He held out the book to her, but, to his surprise, she shook her head, with a deeper flush on her face. Won't you take the book, Kilmeny? Why not? She took her pencil and wrote slowly, unlike her usual quick movement. Do not be offended with me. I shall not need anything to make me remember you, because I can never forget you. But I would rather not take the book. I do not want to read it again. It is about love, and there is no use in my learning about love, even if it is all as you say. Nobody will ever love me. I am too ugly. You ugly? exclaimed Eric. He was on the point of going off into a peal of laughter at the idea, when a glimpse of her half-averted face sobered him. On it was a hurt, bitter look such as he remembered seeing once before, when he had asked her if she would not like to see the world for herself. Kilmeny, he said in astonishment. You don't really think yourself ugly, do you? She nodded without looking at him, and then wrote, Oh yes, I know that I am. I have known it for a long time. Mother told me that I was very ugly and that no one would ever like to look at me. I am sorry. It hurts me much worse to know that I am ugly than it does to know that I cannot speak. I suppose you will think it is very foolish of me, but it is true. That was why I did not come back to the orchard for such a long time, even after I had got over my fright. I hated to think that you would think me ugly, and that is why I do not want to go out into the world and meet people. They would look at me as the egg peddler did one day when I went out with Aunt Janet to his wagon the spring after Mother died. He stared at me so. I knew it was because he thought me so ugly, and I have always hidden when he came ever since. Eric's lips twitched. In spite of his pity for the real suffering displayed in her eyes, he could not help feeling amused over the absurd idea of this beautiful girl believing herself in all seriousness to be ugly. But, Kilmeny, do you think yourself ugly when you look in a mirror? He asked, smiling. I have never looked in a mirror. She wrote. I never knew there was such a thing until after Mother died, and I read about it in a book. Then I asked Aunt Janet, and she said Mother had broken all the looking-glasses in the house when I was a baby. But I have seen my face reflected in the spoons, and in a little silver sugar bowl Aunt Janet has, and it is ugly, very ugly. Eric's face went down into the grass, 
for his life he could not help laughing and for his life he would not let kilmeny see him laughing a certain little whimsical wish took possession of him and he did not hasten to tell her the truth as had been his first impulse instead when he dared to look up he said slowly i don't think you are ugly kilmeny oh i am sure you must she wrote protestingly even neil does he tells me i am kind and nice but one day i asked him if he thought me very ugly and he looked away and would not speak so i knew what he thought about it too do not let us speak of this again it makes me feel sorry and spoils everything i forget it at other times let me play you some good-bye music and do not feel vexed because i would not take your book it would only make me unhappy to read it i am not vexed said eric and i think you will take it some day yet after i have shown you something i want you to see never mind about your looks kilmeny beauty isn't everything oh it is a great deal she wrote naively but you do like me even though i am so ugly don't you you like me because of my beautiful music don't you <laughs> i like you very much kilmeny answered eric laughing a little but there was in his voice a tender note of which he was unconscious kilmeny was aware of it however and she picked up her violin with a pleased smile he left her playing there and all the way through the dim resinous spruce wood her music followed him like an invisible guardian spirit kilmeny the beautiful he murmured and yet good heavens the child thinks she is ugly she with a face more lovely than ever an artist dreamed of a girl of eighteen who has never looked in a mirror i wonder if there is another such in any civilized country in the world what could have possessed her mother to tell her such a falsehood i wonder if margaret gordon could have been quite sane it is strange that neil has never told her the truth perhaps he doesn't want her to find out eric had met neil gordon a few evenings before this at a country dance where neil had played the violin for the dancers influenced by curiosity he had sought the lad's acquaintance neil was friendly and talkative at first but at the first hint concerning the gordons which eric threw out skilfully his face and manner changed he looked secretive and suspicious almost sinister a sullen look crept into his big black eyes and he drew his bow across the violin strings with a discordant screech as if to terminate the conversation plainly nothing was to be found out from him about kilmeny and her grim guardians End of chapter nine